to the Hotter Than Health podcast, a plant-dominant podcast for those looking to expand and elevate their lives. Each week, we will bring you provocative conversations and topics, entertaining interviews, and some of the biggest names in health and wellness to answer your burning questions. You will leave each episode with tangible tips and takeaways and understand what it truly means to live an energized and optimized life. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Hotter Than Health podcast. My name is Eliza Gelman, your host today. And for anyone who is just listening to the podcast for the first time, welcome. Make sure you are subscribed on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, wherever you're listening. It really helps the podcast. It really helps support. If you are not new to the podcast, you'll know that this is a bit late or it's really early for the next week. I put out four episodes per month. Last week, I did not publish an episode. Let me let me rephrase that. I edited, recorded, did the interview, put everything together. The social media plugs were all set in place, but there was something about it that my gut told me that, and this is this is not going to sound important to anyone else, but it it reminds me of the quality of what we put out into the world. I knew, and I talked to my editor. We both agreed that if someone listened to the podcast last week for the first time, and that had been the first episode they listened to, I don't think they would have come back. And I'm gonna start thinking more like that. It goes into whatever you do, do well. And there's a quote that I heard, and this is for anyone. There's a quote that I heard that just said, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And I knew that if I had put that episode out last week, I would have thought more about it than had I not put it out at all and put two out this week. Here we are, crunch time, getting into a nutrition and wellness solo episode. A lot of people love these, and I think that it's going to be important today to know that today is going to affect everyone. Often we talk about hormones, or we relate it back to your cycles, or we talk about uh, plant-dominant eating. We talk about a lot of different aspects of health and nutrition, and a lot of people think, oh, this might not affect me because I'm not plant dominant, or I eat meat, or I don't drink alcohol, or I do drink alcohol. There's a lot of different categories that people fall into. However, today's topic is something that affects all of us. It is something that nobody really, unless you are incredibly mindful, and that's what we're going to talk about today is how to be more mindful of this. This is affecting everybody because it is about processed foods, certain ingredients that are incredibly common to find in different foods that when eaten in moderation or consumed in moderation, of course, it's going to be totally fine if it's in your 10 or 20% and you're not consuming it in mass quantities, you'll be fine. But these are things that are found in the foods that we consume on a daily basis basis, maybe even multiple times per day basis. That's why I wanted to get into these three topics. Gums, natural flavors, and lecithin. And you might be thinking, hello, did you, did I tap out? Was there a glitch in the matrix and I heard you say some things wrong? No, I mean gums, natural flavors, and lecithin. These are all words and all ingredients that are found incredibly commonly in foods that we consume all the time. 
and I'll give you examples of each of these. I will give you the ins and outs of each of these. And this is going to be based on research that I have done personally. This is how I... This is how I determine whether or not this is something that I want, if there's a food that I want to start making at home or, or finding a nicer alternative. And I'll give you an example of why I thought this was so important. Uh, in the past few years, a lot of people have switched over, not few years, I'm sorry, in the past seven to ten years, maybe more, people have been switching over largely to non-dairy milk alternatives. And healthier alternatives for food that aren't necessarily in that whole form. For an example, a lot of people are, you know, reducing the amount of meat that they're eating, which is not, it's neither good or bad. I think that there needs to be a balance of everything. I don't think everyone, every person needs to be a vegan. I don't think anything like that. But the, a lot of people are switching over to, let's say, from grass-fed beef, which is Yes, one ingredient. There's also other things that I believe about meat that we don't have to get into, but they're switching over to maybe a impossible burger or a black bean burger with binders and fillers that comes in a package. I'm not putting any in like a good or bad category, but what I am saying is that in some situations, we have to ask ourselves if we're consuming this on a daily basis, should we just get back to the simplistic ingredients? So another example of this, and I'm not really going to use meat as an example because I still think that no matter what, it's going to be really, really tough. Unless you know the farm, you are at the farm, you're seeing what these animals are eating and it's done quote unquote humanely. I I still do not eat land animals. Uh, I do eggs and seafood and I know that some people think that's hypocritical, but that's how I work. Uh, Even if it's grass-fed meat and, you know, it's been hunted and on its own natural land, that's fine. I, there are multiple reasons why I'm not consuming animal products in that way. But I also think that it's important to know what we're substituting is not, it's not compensating. So, what I mean by that is, are what we're using to replace these foods actually better for us? And how can we make them better for us? Let's get into the first ingredient. Oh, oh, and the one example I wanted to go to, and I'll, I'll refer back to this multiple times throughout the podcast. Butter. So there can be multiple different t- kinds of butter. There's ghee, There's which is like a clarified butter. There are natural forms of whole butter. And I think that there are times and places where that's fine. Uh, I don't think that it has as many health benefits, especially when it's cooked and has gone rancid and it's become inflammatory. But there are times when that is better than, let's say, a everything but butter or a, a butter substitute that has a ton of oils, emulsifiers, and binding thickening agents and flavors. Do I think that I'd rather use a regular organic one ingredient butter if I were to use it? I don't use it often, but if I if I were to, yeah, I think I would rather stick to the one ingredient simple animal product butter. So, let's get into why what we're seeing in a lot of grocery stores and in a lot of our day-to-day ingredients, starting with gums. Gums are something that I think we have found in a lot of, let's just say, milks, for instance. We see 
ingredients such as guar gum or xanthan gum. Those are two really popular ones that you see probably a lot on the food labels. And gums like this are often used as a thickening agent to stabilize. Uh, It's like a a binding ingredient. So I, I give examples such as if you look at maybe a to use brands, using a Siete tortilla, which it's maybe not as easy to roll up, but it doesn't contain any binders or fillers or stabilizing agents like this. So think about those types of tortillas that might not be as easy to, they're still great quality, they taste amazing, they're my favorites, but then you look at maybe a tortilla that you get, like a flour tortilla that you get in a uh, a Mexican restaurant or just a cheap one off the shelf and it's stretchy it doesn't break it's got this more elastic style same with certain breads um, that would be because it's using different binders fillers and thickening agents to stabilize it and make it that strong texture and it gives it more of that bite so you can sink your teeth into it. It's actually, they make it so that you are a little bit more incentivized to consume that product. And let's start with guar gum. Guar gum is a fiber derived from the seed of the guar plant. It's in food products. It's in, it's used as a thickening agent, stabilizing, suspending, and binding agent. And it's also widely used in non-food items such as lotions, creams, toothpastes that will help bind and make a thicker substance. Again, this is from research that I have done. If you are interested in hearing more of this, then I can post these links and articles on the show notes. But so guar gum is like that thickener. So if you have ever used think about oil and vinegar. When you put those two things together, you could pick it up with your fingers and it would plop right through back into the bowl. Whereas if you pick up a lotion or a cream, it's viscous, it stays with your fingers, you can, it becomes more gummy, if you will. The thing about this is you want to think about it like gum. You had Everyone as an old wives tale when you were little saying, don't swallow your gum. It'll get stuck in your digestive tract forever and you won't poop it out. It's like, those are the types of things that we need to be thinking about. So it's just used as like this elastic binder. Some of the side effects of guar gum are increased gas, bloating, diarrhea, and loose stools are common um, when these are consumed. They might the side effects might disappear after a little while, but if you're consistently eating or even drinking these items with guar gum or all these different kinds of gums, then your symptoms will get worse. A lot of times I talk to people who have stomach issues and they chew gum all the time. They're dealing with digestive discomfort and they are constantly chewing gum. This is one of the main ingredients also in gum that we chew all the time. You have to have something strong enough so that you can continuously chew on one piece of one substance throughout the day. Uh, There are, so here's a quick note about guar gum. It says strong weight loss claims and diet products are tied to guar gum and now even used as meal replacement products because manufacturers can claim that it helps curb your appetite by swelling and absorbing water in the digestive system. Let's say that one more time. Strong weight loss claims and diet products are tied to guar gum and now even used in meal replacement products because manufacturers claim it can help curb your appetite by swelling and absorbing water in the digestive system. 
basically it can help you lose weight because it will bloat you and you will have a curbed appetite. Love that so much. Be careful when you are, especially if you are struggling with bloating and chronic digestive irregularity, watching out for gums. Similar components or similar facts can go for xanthan gum and it's uh, composed of sugar residues and they're, I'm not going to get into the ingredients of it because it's a little bit more technical. However, these are used again like a thickening agent. It's in a ton of different foods. Uh, it's the one that you look, it looks like you can't pronounce it, but it's spelled with an X-A-N-T-H-A-N. So they're in supplements, baked goods, different cream cheeses, both vegan and dairy, ice creams, especially low-fat and non-dairy, puddings, jams, salads, mayo, especially low-fat and vegan, industrial uses, lotions, medicines, toothpastes, and cosmetics. Some of the side effects are gum swells in the intestine. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Xanthan gum swells in the intestines. It causes gas, bloating, cramping, and other issues associated with IBS. So that is something that could definitely be Something to look at if you are dealing with IBS, IBS symptoms, diarrhea, constipation, bloating, cramping, gas, something to look at. And I'm talking about on a regular basis. If once in a while you got gas, like this, whatever, but looking at the different gums and in foods that you consume every day, you might think that your, your creamer is safe in the morning, but maybe the first, the very first ingredient is going to be natural flavors, uh, casein and sugar and gums. So just be on the lookout for that. That is what I wanted to talk about with gums, being mindful of all of the different products that it is in. So it does have overall some, it can have some negative side effects. Yes, of course, we want things to have the texture that we want and to feel the way that we like to feel safe, like that, that elasticity that we have in our foods that we like, but it isn't as natural. And I think that small ways to change this and to substitute these would be to start with your morning. So maybe break your day up into thirds, morning, afternoon, night. Let's not try and boil the ocean here. Let's start one cup at a time. In the morning, what I started to do was actually create, and this was actually next Tuesday, tomorrow will be the newsletter for Eliza G Wellness. If you want to subscribe to the newsletter, this is going to have my ingredients and recipe for my oat milk. It is ElizaGWellness.com. Just scroll to the bottom, put your email in, you could subscribe and you'll get the recipe and all the other good stuff in the newsletter tomorrow. But I replaced, not, I'm sorry, 80 or so percent of the time I have replaced uh, the oat milk that we used to t- that we used to use we used to use Calafia Farms and here I'm not here to villainize I'm just saying I knew that I was consuming this on a daily basis I wanted to up level I wanted to really do what I could to eliminate the over consumption of these anthem gums and simplify as much as I could it also saves money I replaced the Calafia Farms we sometimes use uh, Jake loves almond milk which I think he's a psychopath for but I'm an oat milk person or coconut through and through but I have started doing our own oat milk we'll use organic rolled oats and so I'll just do about about a cup of that and then three cups of water I'll let those soak for a while and then after a little bit maybe 20 30 minutes because I don't have time for all of that then I strain those and then I mix those soaked oats with two 
two or three more cups of water, I think. I can't remember. I put it in the ingredients. And then I might do um, a little bit of vanilla extract or some maple syrup or even just some cinnamon and call it a day. I'll blend that up and then I'll put it through a cheesecloth two different times. I'm telling you, just by buying one bag, one large bag of organic oats, it's about the same amount as buying one large carton of good milk and it lasts me a full month. So if you are thinking, oh, I really want to clean up some of the ingredients that I'm consuming, highly recommend taking your taking into consideration that you're making your own oat milk is incredibly simple. People think they don't have time or they just don't it, like I'm sick of that excuse. Nobody has time. It's fine. It takes five minutes and it's way quicker than going to the grocery store or drinking your coffee black. I hate that. That's what I've been doing. I love having the oat milk in the morning. I Make sure you shake it up a ton and strain it two different times through the cheesecloth. That's, that's the trick. You have to shake it up more and sometimes it settles at the bottom of my coffee, but it's still a creamy coffee. It still has great flavor. It's rich and I know exactly what's in it. Highly recommend. We're going to go through a couple of different brands of milks that I really like in a moment, but first a word from today's sponsor. Thank you so much for Organifi for sponsoring this week's podcast episode. I wanted to quickly shout out my favorite product by them right now. Right now, I have been loving the chocolate gold. And I know you've heard me talk about it on my social media. I've talked about it in multiple different times on the podcast. You, if you're like me, you have to have something sweet after dinner. I've gotten almost all of my clients hooked on this. It is jam-packed with different superfoods. It has medicinal mushrooms and different properties that help to relax you at the end of the night. Sometimes I'll put it in my coffee in the morning as well, but often I just do it at night instead of having that extra dessert or that extra couple of squares of dark chocolate. It helps to settle me and it also doesn't give me acid reflux. If you eat a lot of sugar or you are doing a lot of dark chocolate like I had been doing, it's not uncommon to for that to contribute to acid reflux. So if you're struggling with that at all, or if you just have a sweet tooth but you don't want to spike your sugar levels at night, this is the go-to product for you. You can check out this product at Organifi.com and use the code HTH for 20% off at checkout. Remember, it is the chocolate gold. It's my absolute favorite that the protein and the greens, my favorite combo. We might be doing a giveaway soon, so be on the lookout on social media. But again, you can go to Organifi.com code HTH for 20% off of all purchases. I know you will absolutely love the chocolate gold. Let me know when you try it. I promise you will love it. You know that I love talking about a good morning and evening routine. If you have ever tried breath work, you will know that it is amazing. I took a class a few weeks ago and I am hooked. I've been using it ever since on the open app. So I've been sleeping better, stressing less. I have more natural energy in the morning and I focus throughout the day. 
And the best part is, is that they have classes that are under 10 minutes and even under five minutes. It's incredibly super easy to stick with and it's easy to commit to. Uh, I usually do one during the middle of the day and in the morning. Sometimes I even do a little breath work before bed at night. I'll usually do one of their meditations or a movement class once or twice a week and it just makes the practice all around so much better. It's different from all the other mindfulness apps out there. You have got to try it with me. You can do yoga, Pilates, breath work, meditation, all under one space. You get 30 days for free when you use withopen.com slash hotter. With Open, you can practice with the best teachers in the world anywhere, anytime. You can join me on Open by going to withopen.com slash hotter. Again, it's withopen.com slash hotter, the newest and most incredible innovative mindfulness app on the market. Withopen.com slash hotter. I'll see you there. Natural flavors. We know all about natural flavors. We've seen them on every single ingredient list known to mankind. They are all, you. it, it is hard to find something that doesn't have a natural flavor or a natural color, something like that. Um, and what a natural flavor is, it's honestly just chemicals. So they're allowed to say, that a natural flavor is natural and it's actually one of the fourth most common food ingredients on a food label today. Uh, other than, what does it say? Other than salt, water, and sugar. So why could they possibly be bad for you is one thing, but I just wanted to let everyone know that this is, this is how our food system works. The FDA allows food companies to use the term natural flavors to describe any food additive that originated in nature. If it originated in nature, what's the problem? Well, according to Dr. Oh, I'm sorry, according to David Andrews, senior scientist at the Environmental Working Group, the EWG, Natural flavors will often have some solvent and preservatives, and that makes up 80 to 90% of the volume. In the end product, it's a small amount, but it still has artificial ingredients. So what we're really looking at is that it doesn't matter how natural or how close to nat uh, uh, the original form it is, as long as it had an original form, essentially, then they can say it's a natural flavor. Now, natural flavors, let's get into what they actually are. Are they bad for you? So there aren't a ton of studies that have been ongoing about the long-term effects of consuming natural flavors on a regular basis, but some of the reasons why it might be important to avoid natural flavors, not at all costs, but as often as possible, and especially reasons why it might be good to start making some of your own things like, like the milks or like the even jams or soups or protein bars or different um what was I just thinking even your, like your, your different waters so if you're instead of getting a Gatorade maybe you do a pinch of pink Himalayan sea salt and you do some strawberries instead of just having some strawberries fake strawberries squeezed into it here are some reasons top four reasons why it might be beneficial to avoid natural flavors. Natural flavors can be up to 90% chemical. 
So as we stated above, 80 to 90% of the ingredients that make up natural flavors contain chemical solvents and preservatives. So that could also be cancer-causing chemicals like BHA, propylene glycol, which is also found in antifreeze, and GMO corn, soy, and dairy-based fillers. So it might say, you know, organic natural flavor, but that doesn't mean that all of the chemicals are organic. It doesn't mean that all of those things are organic. It could be still GMO based. Natural. Another reason is natural flavors are basically perfumes on your mouth. You know all these different uh, cleaning companies or uh, household item companies are coming out with, you know, free and clear detergent for your laundry, free and clear Uh, dishwashing detergent because fragrances are known to be carcinogenic, aka cancer-causing. So cleaning projects, I'm sorry, cleaning products, perfumes, and cosmetics contain a combination of chemicals called fragrances. In processed food, this chemical mixture is called flavor because smell comprises 80 to 90 percent of the the sense of taste. Fragrances and flavors are often alarmingly similar in chemical composition. It's basically like adding a fragrance or a perfume to your food, which absolutely makes sense. If you have ever opened up a packet of Gushers, like let's be honest, we know that these are not like a health food. You've opened up a pack of Gushers or a fruit by the foot or some kind of gummy treats. You can smell them before anything else. You open them up, you open up the package, and everything smells good. You think, oh, it's just a, a flavor. I'll taste it or I can see it. It's a colorant. No, it, you can smell it. It is definitely a fragrance. Have you ever taken a collagen supplement for your hair, skin, nails, and it just didn't work for you? You didn't really notice a difference? You were probably missing a key ingredient, which is vitamin C. Vitamin C is a critical nutrient for anti-aging. It's essentially the glue that holds collagen together. So if you're taking collagen without vitamin C, it might be pointless. Not all vitamin C supplements are created equally. If you're taking it in a capsule or tablet form, you're missing out on key nutrients as they'll simply pass through your body without being absorbed. Our friends over at Purality Health have patented a formula that utilizes something called MyCell liposomal technology. It delivers nutrients into your bloodstream and proven to be 800% more efficient. So if your skin is looking older than you are and you're struggling with fine lines, wrinkles, age spots, sagging skin, and otherwise old looking skin, Purality Health's MyCell liposomal vitamin C is a must. It's backed by a 180-day money-back guarantee, and we have a 20% off code for you. Visit PurealityHealth.com and use the code HTH20 to access 20% off. Again, it's PurealityHealth.com using the code HTH20 for access to 20% off. Check out the vitamin C liposomal vitamin C. You will absolutely love it. PurealityHealth.com using the code HTH20 at checkout. Number three, why you could potentially be, should potentially be avoiding natural flavors is they are designed by big food and big pharma to be addictive. There are four huge corporations that control the $24 billion market for both flavors and fragrances. I hope I don't butcher this. Ferminich, IFF, Simrise, and Givaudan. Again, I'm putting all of these notes in the show notes so that you can look these up as well. So there was an interview with one of the science from these main companies on 60 Minutes, and 
they were mentioning that in the food flavoring world, their goal when creating flavors was to make them addictive. So food, big food, creating addictive food equals more money. Like that's really all it is. They want you to take the next bite. They always want you to be craving the next chip, the next candy, the next bite, anything like that. And it's also, you know, if if scientists are admitting that natural flavors are designed to be addictive, it's just, uh, we have to know that this information is not being hidden from us. It's a money grab. Reason number four is the FDA lets flavor companies call the shots. Let's say that again. The FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, lets flavor companies call the shots. The FDA frequently allows food companies to develop their own food additives without providing oversight or safety reviews of their chemical concentrations. These companies are smart. They hire expensive lawyers to ensure they've followed the archaic FDA processes when developing their flavors, and generally the FDA leaves them alone. Essentially what they mean is that as long as they stay within the general process of what the FDA requires, they can do whatever they want. So they can, as long as they don't go outside of the box, they can draw whatever they want inside and they don't have to tell us what it is. They don't have to tell us why they're doing this. That is why you see so many, that's why it's, people are so shocked when they see things like vanilla and strawberry flavoring is actually derived from the anal glands of a beaver. And I'll say that again, strawberry flavor, natural flavor, and a ton of other different flavors, as well as vanilla, all of these natural flavors, quote unquote, a lot of the times are derived from the the anal glands of a beaver. We think, oh my God, how could they possibly be doing this? Because the FDA does not require these large companies to provide the safety reviews or oversight or any processes that they are doing as long as they stay within the FDA guidelines. They can do whatever the way, whatever they want. And it says, scientist David Andrew sums it up once again and says, the truth is that when you see the word flavor on a food label, you have almost no clue what chemicals may have been added to the food under the umbrella of this vague term. For people who have uncommon food allergies or on restricted diet, this can be a serious concern. In summation, natural flavors, when consumed, not when consumed on a moderate basis, could moderate to excessive basis basis could definitely be damaging to our health, and it also could be uh, incorporating more cancer-causing chemicals into our body. It can also just be another dollar for the big food industry. It can be another it could be going into supporting different companies that maybe don't have uh, the most most ethical resources and uh, strategies. And I'm not saying all companies are like this, but this is not hidden news. You know, this is stuff that I can come up, you know, on a, on a Friday when I'm recording a podcast, these are things that you can find as well online. Let's get into some lighter news, shall we? A lot of you might think, okay, well then what the fuck am I supposed to eat? What am I supposed to drink? What am I supposed to put in my coffee? Let's just keep it simple here. Let's start with coffee creamer. 
Coffee creamer, like I mentioned, highly recommend doing what I do with the oat milk or you can use macadamia nuts or pistachios or walnuts or all these different things. But there, if, if you're not feeling that, if you're maybe, maybe, maybe that's your next, next step, but maybe we'll start and start slow and we'll go into just purchasing. All right. One of my favorites, favorite milk brands, milk alternative, because you're not allowed to call it milk is Malk, M-A-L-K. They did a clear, beautiful job on branding and they are one of the only retailers that have just a small handful of ingredients. Uh, Typically, they just have four ingredients, which I absolutely love. That makes me so happy. Typically, it's just filtered water, uh, organic sprouted almonds, or it'll be oats or whatever kind of Malk you decide to get, and then pink Himalayan sea salt. Be careful about this one though for Malk specifically, they have grown in popularity, but they still have a lot of these Malks that are untouched. So it has those three or four ingredients that I just mentioned, but there are some brands now, or there are some milk Malk products that are doing, there is a little natural flavor and some do have either a gum or some type of additive. Still, this is one of the top best milk alternatives that I can think of that I could find and that I personally consume. So that one is up there really, really high. One that I have also found that I, I love the ingredients more than anything. And I would drink this hands down before anything else, but it, it is so thin. I can't get it to froth in the way that I like. And sometimes how, you know, some milk alternatives, they like settle to the bottom and that's fine if I'm making it on my own, but if I'm going out and buying it and it still doesn't froth, like my oat milk froths, but then it settles after a little while. So I just have to mix it, but that's fine with me. I'm, I'm totally fine with that to nurse that for a little bit. But one brand that I absolutely think is just crushing it is Elmhurst. So Elmhurst has so many different types of milk alternatives. So they have hazelnut, oat, cashew, almond, walnut. I don't know if they have pistachio, but they definitely have uh, a number of different type of dairies or non-dairy alternatives. Uh, And the ingredients are always just filtered water and cashews. They crush it. They do such a great job. I've seen these in Publix. I have not seen them in Harris Teeter, but uh, if you're on the West Coast, I bet you anything they would have it at Sprouts. They would definitely have milk at Sprouts or uh, wherever else, or Safeway maybe. And that's those are two brands that I would absolutely look into. So it's Elmhurst and Malk. I know that Simply, the Simply brand, they have a milk... I believe it's an almond or an oat milk that has pretty decent ingredients. So if that's the only thing in front of you, then you can always do the Simply brand. It's like the brand that does the orange juice often. And yeah, I mean, is it perfect? No. But if you are taking that just next step and then, you know, settle into that and then take the next step. So little by little chipping away at reducing the amount of gums or natural flavors. Last thing to talk about is something that a lot of my nutrition clients will talk to me about on our calls. So we'll have a call that goes over how to read ingredient labels and what should we actually be looking for, fiber content, what ratios to look at with numbers, da da da. We're looking at lecithin. You might hear this or see this a lot with soy lecithin or sunflower lecithin. Now, lecithin is 
not a villain. I would say that there are actually so many studies out there that advocate for incorporating lecithin into what might be a really, really healthful diet. Um, So it's actually a a powerful superfood and it's really essential for proper brain function. It's used by every single cell in your body. So you might not want to fuel your brain using it with like packaged snacks and different processed foods. There are definitely healthier sources of lecithin, but, and it's definitely made oftentimes with the sunflower seed. That's why you often see sunflower lecithin, but this is not something I would necessarily villainize, but here has, here's how I would look at it. This is a really, really common one. Uh, it says, lecithin is a natural emulsifier that keeps fats from separating and other fluids. Like I mentioned earlier, it's something, you know, if you ever have an almond milk and just a cup of coffee, it settles and breaks apart from the milk and the, or from the coffee. But if you have one that's a little more processed, then it stirs in, it's nice and creamy, and your whole coffee is just creamy. So, it's critical to healthy cell function in several ways by keeping the cell membrane soft and permeable. Various nutrients can be more easily observe, absorbed. So what we're looking at here is that lecithin in itself is not a villain. Uh, there's also such thing as lecithin deficiency, but there's different types of lecithin. So corn and other vegetable oils, milk, cauliflower, fish, wheat germ, organ meat, and egg yolks. But here's what I would also look at. Um, Soy lecithin. So sunflower lecithin is one thing because that's where it's naturally derived. Of course, I don't know exactly like how the process happens. I'm not getting into that. This is just what I'm letting people know from a high level. Soy lecithin is one that I would most likely deter you. I would I would be deterred from if I saw soy lecithin as opposed to sunflower lecithin. Because I know that soy is a very mass-produced crop, and I think soy itself has benefits. However, GMO, non-organic soy, can potentially lead to side effects. This could be allergic reactions. Uh, It could also lead to different, different problems that come from explicitly having a lot of processed soy. And we won't get into that, but that is one thing that if you are looking at the two different types of lecithin, soy can be overused in or over uh, mass produced GMO, uh, lots of hormone disruptors potentially and chemicals. So be mindful. And if you are going to do a lecithin, potentially having it be more derived from its natural source which would be sunflower lecithin. So you can find this oftentimes in spreads or baked goods, sauces. So it's got that like smooth, creamy texture. So they mention also that sunflower lecithin can be an ideal substitute for butter and other fats. And they sell, uh, they sell it in a raw form of, it was approved by the FDA, but who knows what the fuck you can trust with the FDA. But you can also buy sunflower lecithin in raw form to provide benefits for brain health and other cellular functions like that is not something that I'm going to be incorporating into my lifestyle, but these are things that these are really common ingredients that we see in so many packaged foods and non-packaged foods. Uh, Well, not really, not non-packaged foods. Ignore that last little part. (laughs) Gums, natural flavors, and lecithin. I hope that this has been helpful 
And I think that having just even just that high level general knowledge of what these three things are, because a lot of people a lot of people get overwhelmed by them and I don't want to overwhelm people. I'm going to include these notes from, uh, excuse me, a lot of these are actually from 2022, really recent studies. A lot of them are from uh, other doctors that I really trust and I have friends who work with these doctors. So people like Dr. Axe and we have um, other nutrition experts on here talking about them. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts and I'm interested to hear what you all think and how this might help you look at different ingredients differently. On that note, I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week. Be on the lookout for an episode that comes out on Thursday. I'm really excited for it. And Without further ado, make sure you like, subscribe, and share this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and be on the lookout on Thursday. If you're subscribed, it won't be a problem. You will have it downloaded automatically. But I appreciate you all. Thank you so, so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the start of your week. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Yeah. credit card bill.